Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. This is your host, Elena, back again with another episode of Q&A with Justin Bizarro. And before we hop into our question today, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing here at the CLB podcast. We appreciate every single review, every single follower, every single subscriber, and every download. If you could leave us a review wherever you listen to this episode, it'd be greatly appreciated. And as always, you can connect with us over on Facebook or Instagram at Centurion Leadership Battalion. So welcome back, Justin. And I'm so excited that we are doing another Q&A episode today. And I'm going to go ahead and present you the question of what happens when you're put in a situation that is bankrupt of leadership? It's a good question. So I'm, I'm going to try to add value through different layers here because I think the question is a little bit um, broken out based on what sort of organization you're in or whether you're an entrepreneur or, or whether you're in a business. Um, I think number one, if you're in a company that's relatively large, there should be leadership classes that you should be able to take as an individual. That's where I would start. I would not try to propose, um, doing a leadership program for an entire team or the team you work for or suggesting it to your boss. Um, at least initially, I think that when you're trying to do something like a leadership program or you're in a situation in a bigger company, at least in my experience and, and things I've done and some consulting is that you don't want to push change too hard at first. You first want to be the person to lead it by example, and you have to put in the time, you know, a year to 18 months to do the work yourself before um, bring the program. People want to see change in you and they want you to be a beacon of change, um, in a positive way before they'll believe it. You know, one of the things that we do, especially even in politics is we always are what we're going to do, you know, what we're going to do. And that's great from a leadership perspective when you're already at the top and you're already leading but if you're becoming a leader or trying to put leadership in a place that's bankrupt of leadership, getting up and telling everyone what you're going to do doesn't really do anything for anyone. It's certainly not creating any leaders, and it's certainly not going to help you mend the situation and put the leadership bucks back in the bank um, in order to not be bankrupt. And so... You know, that really being said, I think that there's resources in bigger companies. Maybe your HR department has something. If they don't, um, suggest that maybe you help them find something. I mean, that would be a place I would not, again, start your team, but work with the HR team um, and do it in a way that's not insulting or counter to the company's culture or whatever. Initially, you don't want to be 
initially rubbing anyone the wrong way or saying something's broken. You want to be trying to make improvement. And as a new person, you've got to lead also in that situation yourself to prove that people can trust you um, and then bring it, introduce in a leadership program or work with HR to introduce one. But <clears throat> I definitely think that it takes time and trust. And in the meantime, while you're building trust and, and all of that with teams and with your manager and whoever, or employees or team members, however you look at it, you should be growing yourself through leadership podcasts or um, business podcasts or books because at the end of the day, like in order to, to change culture or change a situation or change the world we're looking at right now in terms of bankrupt leadership, it's going to take time and it's going to take individuals first learning how to lead themselves. And so in this example, being in a bigger corporation, you have to do it with yourself first and start leading by example and showing how the people around you, how you're using those skills for your success. At first, they're going to be like, what is this guy doing? Because you're going to get used to a guy or a girl, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> but what is this person doing? And um, because they're trying out a new skill and you may, may be a little older, but eventually as you start getting your feet underneath you, you know, catching your step, <clears throat> practicing the leadership, reading every day, working on it, listening to podcasts every day, you should be able to develop and people will be like, oh, wow, that's real different. So by the time you suggest a leadership program, you know, it's a little bit easier. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Elaine? I, I know that um, it's been interesting for us because we sort of introduced leadership into a company that was almost at 400 people by the time we introduced it. And now we've grown, you know, 50% of that and trying to do a leadership program. I would say it's been a struggle, um, here and there for sure. But, um, it's just also in the format you give it, I think. Um, what do you think, Elena? I think that everything you share definitely makes a lot of sense. And I think it can be hard to grow a leadership program, especially if that's something that's new uh, with the team or the organization that you are a part of, or even the business that you lead. I think, you know, the question, what happens, you know, when you're put in a situation without leadership, just because someone doesn't have a leader or good leadership within their job or their role or their company I think that you have to learn to be a leader yourself and you can develop those, those roles and characteristics within your own life. And that can really create a ripple effect into those around you and those in your teams. And I think that's kind of what you were just sharing, but I think it's really important that you can't always let the world around you or the culture of the team or business around you completely affect how you act and how you behave. So if you want to be a better leader or you realize that there just is an absence of leadership uh, within your culture of your company, it's up to you to really take those steps to, to increase that, whether it's in yourself or even starting something like a small club or a small team or email chain, or even you just share leadership advice or things that you find online, whatever it may be. I think that can all be really helpful and beneficial to the culture that you have. And I agree. And in bigger companies, one of the important things is, is we live in a world now where we need author, author, 
authoritarianship, which, and I'm going to define this because people are going to take it the wrong way, but we also need love in our leadership. <clears throat> okay, we need both authority, authoritarian, and love. And people aren't going to think about it the way that I'm going to say it. So if you're trying to actually create leadership in your company or create a situation, and, uh, and you know, and I talked about the HR thing, but the thing I want to really talk about is, and I've struggled with this, and it, it's getting people to do it in FSP as well. It's being taking the authority to establish the boundaries, right? Meaning I have the authority to say, everyone's on a call at nine o'clock every day, okay? That's me being authoritative, like I'm setting a boundary. But when I'm on that call at nine o'clock, I can rotate who leads the call. I can show love during the call. I can handle it in a way that shows leadership in a different way. So if I'm trying to put leadership into a place that lacks it, the first plate thing you need to do is provide discipline, consistent structure to any situation. And then within that structure, provide love and growth, okay? Especially if, if the situation's not good and there's lack of leadership, like hope is the right thing, okay? If there's lack of leadership in a good situation and you go in and this company's doing well, but there's lack of leadership and you're like, oh shit, this ship's gonna freaking hit an iceberg. If I don't do something, there's lack of leadership. That authoritarianship and that love looks a little bit different. Like when a company's doing really well and needs to wind it back in, that's when you have more meetings. That's when you're harder with your love on people because you don't want them to get comfortable. And that's why leadership is bankrupt normally in most situations or in first world countries, for example, is because we're in situations where we got comfortable. And so back to what I'm talking about, uncomfortable leadership, a little bit harder during the good times, because you don't want, if you celebrate too much, people forget what they're working for. You, it needs to be constant uncomfortability and good times. Hard times, love, the structure's there, less meetings so people can do the job, less time on the phone with the people, but still in a very loving, kind way and almost even in a more loving, hopeful way. And in the hard times, you sell the dream even more. You know, that's the leader. You sell the dream of getting out of the situation even more hope, love. Like I said, on the other side, guys, if like we're doing really well right now, but if we don't, if we keep going this way, we we're gonna we're gonna have a problem you know it's okay to reel it back in a little bit if you get so dreamy or so comfortable that there's no more fear left okay it's okay to pull back a little bit on the fear string as a leader and a manager so you your teams your soldiers your employees um you know don't get too comfortable like I know people aren't going to like that I say that, but it's the truth. Um, and any organization that's been around for 23 years like us knows what happens when a company gets comfortable and starts making money and starts growing and everyone that's in the company's growing with it. Everyone gets comfortable and everyone gets so comfortable that all of a sudden you hit what I would call a black age, which is no growth. No one can get raises. We didn't keep investing in the future because we got too comfortable. You know, so sparing everyone the lesson to learn it like we have, um, 
you know, that's the truth is during the, during the great times, you need to make people uncomfortable during the hard times. Um, you need to um, show more love and kindness and hope and sell them the dream. And that's the truth. And like that gives people purpose that keeps your business um, thriving with leadership, honestly. And um, it makes the good times and the bad times feel more like a constant rainstorm versus sunny on the beach and a lightning and a, a thunderstorm other days where people get used to a constant stress and when they're on vacation like the rainstorm's still going on wherever but they're on vacation you know so it's getting it's leading in a way that gets people used to a constant drizzle versus a thunderstorm here and there and bright beaches, you know, and I love the ups and downs and, and life and emotions. And I think they should be there all the way, but in business and in leadership, you know, it is hard times. It is good times. You should celebrate and notice both um, because one helps you learn and one helps you, you know, your trophy for doing the right thing. But um, you have to create an environment for that to exist in. So, you know, back to the question, um, if you're an entrepreneur, um, <clears throat> it's a little harder, I think, to actually instill leadership in organizations. And even for myself, we didn't do it really very well from day one. It's not that we didn't instill leadership. We just didn't do it in a form that worked, like I said, at FSP long term, and we got comfortable. Um, but as an entrepreneur, you have to get when you build a business there's a lot of control there's a lot of what i would call narcissistic behavior over trying to build your business and it being involved in everything and and the honest truth is is you should know all the pieces and if you can do as much as you can at the beginning to learn all the pieces that's what you should do and the problem becomes is when we go to lead or we grow as entrepreneurs and we try to have leaders and there's a bankrupt leadership situation because we're new at being an entrepreneur and we think we're a leader because we're being entrepreneurial, but we don't have the leadership skills or the expertise or the experience. And that is a situation that's also bankrupt of leadership where you're the reason that is bankrupt of leadership. And so that's a very hard thing in the way that we often lead. And when we come out of a controlling situation where we've had to build something and it's our baby, is we don't come out as a loving leader and we often do the opposite. We celebrate too much during the good times and we're too hard on everyone during the bad times. <clears throat> so as entrepreneurs, we just really, it comes down to if we don't constantly grow ourselves and this becomes, and I'm going to apply this same theory now to any high end executive in a company that's made it to that level. If you're not constantly growing yourself and growing the people to be leaders in your company, your company and your situation and your family and your community around you will always be bankrupt of leadership. Now it's that old saying, if you want to do something, look in the mirror. That's the person who will do it for you. You know, you want to stand up for something, look in the mirror. That mouth you see is the one that's going to speak up for what you believe in. And so if we don't create those people and we don't, you know, do that 
then we're not going to have leaders. And we, you know, we're often like, oh, why don't people take on more ownership? Or why can't people think more? Well, it's because we've taught them to be followers. Like from the day they enter school to the day they do whatever, we've made it so there's bankruptcy in our system and in our culture. So if we don't know how to get out of the situation, which is getting ourselves out of the situation, we certainly can't get anyone else out of it. You know, it's why in NA programs and AA programs, they have sponsors and sponsors aren't a medical professional or a therapist. They are an actual person who has however many years of sobriety that's been through the rigmarole of it all to guide another person. It doesn't matter if they're older or younger. It matters whether or not that person can be, you know, a guide to another person trying to get sober and give them the skills to stay sober also not only get sober but stay sober that is the method there there's different methods that work for everyone in getting sober for example so there's different methods by which you can try your leadership but i can tell you that it's a lot easier in business and life when someone is actually has the experience in something you innately trust them more you innately believe them more. So if the situation you're in is bankrupt, you got to start with yourself and looking in the mirror first. And I think probably that's the most important thing. Um, I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Elena? I agree. And I think that that goes right along with what I was sharing previously is really starting with yourself and setting the standard, especially if you are in a leadership position within your company or your business or wherever it is that you think lacks leadership. Um, if you really start developing yourself and, and showing others what you're learning and bringing them into that, I think that will really set you up um, for success and, and really changing the, the wave of what's going on within your organization. And here's the way I look at it, guys. And, and this is, is that anyone in the audience and Elena probably sees this every day. And if she doesn't know the strategy, she's about to hear it now. So I'm letting the cat out of the bag is I worked in food service partners, like my father's turning 80 years old, December 20th. We share the same birthday. Both of us are born December 20th. So I turned 42 this year. He turns 80. So the generation gap obviously is quite large. And my father being 38, turning 39 on the day I was born, because it was his birthday, you know, there's a generational gap there. Um, but as we built a company, there were people that were loyal to him that he built about 20 years younger than him, which still put me 20 years younger than those people as we were building the company. And as a learning person, I was learning from all them. Well, now I'm 40 trying to build a company. And I realized that it's no different than in sports. And when you need new leadership and you need new generations, it's just like sometimes you need to bring in a freshman class. And the freshman class for, for my group, we're here. There's a group of us that we were brought in New York and some of the new team that's been brought into the BDCR. But a majority of the future guys, if your situation's bankrupt from leadership, is you need to bring in younger college kids, um, especially in food and service where all these kids are running away from manufacturing because they think those industries are not opportunistic. Okay. By the way, opportunity is where everyone else isn't looking, hence the name opportunity. And by definition, 
but we can go over that another day. It's, um, it's about leading and instilling leadership in the next generation. And like at Food Service Partners, like we have a great group of people. We have a lot of people that have started retiring that were older, older than myself um, or my father's age. And so that, the, what does that leave you with? Like, okay, now we're bankrupt to leadership because we had a generation as an old company of 23 years, almost 24 coming up this year, 2022, of you have to transition. And sometimes if leadership's transitioning out and leadership styles have changed and cultures and leadership have changed has, as it has over the last three decades, for sure in each decade, I will tell you, you know, you have to go bring in new young people that'll take ownership in your business that you instill leadership in before you install install skill sets, before you put accounting in their head of your business and whatever. We jump everyone into jobs. We jump them into jobs, jump them into the floor. We still do it at Futures Partners and Primal Rock and all. We kind of just throw them into their job. But, you know, but we're working on this and I suggest everyone do it too, is you got to instill core values and leadership values before they ever start learning the skill. Because what is the most important thing, no matter what level they are in your company, or if you grow as an entrepreneur, what's the most important thing is that they help you lead and grow your company. So regardless of what you're looking at, you know, you need to invest in the younger generations and bring them in as leaders. And I'm not saying everyone's going to be like, well, what about people with experience and whatever? I'm just straight up telling you that if you're bankrupt of leadership and there's a lot of people in your company that are bankrupt of it and you're hiring people, I know it seems harder because they're less experienced and they're greener. But if you're going to build leadership and core values, you need to start at the beginning. And the loyalty will stay the whole time in your company or as an entrepreneur, but invest in the kids in the future. And especially the ones that want to take interest in food service and manufacturing and the blue collar jobs and management and supervisors like there's kids out there that want to lead and, and are desperate to lead and are just going to get thrown into the mix of what everyone else is doing where the opportunity is not just for definition, because that's where everyone else is. Just like the gold rush, as an example, everyone rushed to go get rich off the gold rush. And the only people that got rich off the gold rush were the people that got rich off the people that lost all of their money trying to get rich on the gold rush. So the ones who looked away from the opportunity, the quote unquote opportunity of the gold rush created or the unopportunity. So that's what I'm talking about for leaders. Look away from what's traditional and look at what it is. And traditionally our mind's like, oh, I, this person doesn't have experience and they need a master's degree and they need this degree and that. Oh no, what if I could take a person that just had the drive, the, the drive to learn, the ability to grasp core values and wanted to make a difference in their community and then I built and built from there and we built that. That skill that you build at the beginning as a leadership and leadership, whether you're managing a team or you have a new team member, you can start it with them. It's how do you get leadership skills instilled with your team now? And so I'm using new kids as an example for a hiring process or young college kids, college men and women, excuse me. But it's an example. It's if you want to change something, if you want leadership to get better, it takes big moves and it takes playing the chessboard really hard. 
And when situations are bankrupt of leadership, it usually means that people in the organizations have not been able to make the hard decisions because they're too afraid of what people think of them or what other people's opinions are or offending someone. And so that's something that you have to get comfortable with. You know, as a leader, um, you're going to have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable situations. I deal with them on a daily basis. You know, some of them can be extremely anxiety producing here and there because you're like, I cannot believe that this is what's going on or two humans can act this way because it's different than myself. But when I take a step back, I don't know what they've gone through. And I don't, you know, if I'm going to lead them, I need to figure out what's going on and what their situation is and what their background is and somewhat understand the way they view the world so I can help them lead themselves and lead in the company. You know, it's not about firing anyone or writing anyone up anymore. It's about, you know, we so quick to disciplinary and so quick to be like, oh, he works for me. Let's do what I say or else that we forget the whole component of that leadership is actually a human based skill that will never go away no matter how much covid there is how much robots there are how much whatever modernization is in the world there has to be leadership because there's always going to need to be human to human interaction there's always going to need to be human growth for the future or we're dead so thank you everyone thanks for listening in thank you elena I enjoyed the topic and the question very much today. I'm really glad and I hope that everyone found some valuable information and that you will be able to take away the, the tips that we gave today and really implement them um, into your lives and workplaces and families. Thank you for listening.